What's going on, people? You know who it is. It's Tay Wiggs. Live after hours from the man cave with my co-host. This is Mark Senior. And we about to take it off, you know, first and foremost. It's been a long time coming now. We are now at the end point of the regular season. 25 games left in the regular season. All-star break came and it went. Our, our key takeaways from the All-Star game and look at some of the positive upsides from the takeaway. You know, we're going to start, you know, every, you know, every show start off with the good. I guess we're going to start off with the bad. I think the one bad thing I'm going to take away from the uh, All-Star game is the dunk contest. And the reason I say the dunk contest, it, it used to be great because they used to have more people in it. You know, I look back in the day when back when Michael Jordan and, and Julius Irving, them guys was dunking. They darn near had about 15 guys in the dunk contest. Now you limit the contest to only, what, four guys? That's not enough to get the blood flowing. And I think where it is that if you miss a dunk on your first attempt, get out of here. On to the next one because if you keep going back to that same dunk and you keep missing and missing it, there's no reason why we should give you a 50 that we seen that night when they gave uh, Dennis Smith Jr. a 50 and he tried to do the same dunk three times. Each time you miss a dunk, you should lose at least a point. What you think right, about something? I think some type of like you can't, you should not be able to get a max score for sure, right? Because all the momentum in the dunk gone after you didn't did it two or three, four times, all the surprise is gone. Like we know what he's gonna do, we know what he's trying to do. He just ain't been able to do it. So some type of uh, deduction system should be set up for miss missed attempts. Including like, the ones where they don't actually dunk, where they just jump up in the air. Right. So, if if you had to expand the dunk contest, how many players you think they should expand it to? Should they expand it to four more players, or or to five more, or at least to ten players at, at max? I think maybe like I don't even think that many. Maybe like, like two or three more, but but real dunkers though. <laughs> yeah, you like, need real dunkers. Like, I hear people saying they want to put Giannis in it. He ain't really, like, a, a real dunker. He just long, and he can, you know, every he, you know so close to the hoop, he can dunk everything, but he don't really do nothing creative. Right. You know, like uh, you know, like Diallo was. He was creative. And he yes, dunk, he was. You know, he had the super bunnies. But they just need two or three more real, like, you know, dunkers, dunkers, you know, like they can do and, stuff. Exactly. I'm looking at it where if I had to – Make a dunk list for this year. Who I want to see the dunk contest? I think I'm over Dennis Smith Jr. I think it's time to to put somebody else in this place. I'm cool to bring back uh my guy from Utah, the Donovan Spider Mitchell. I want to I want to see LeBron James at least do it one time. You got to think about it. All the greats who have at least one MVPs and scoring times have at least attempted to be in the dunk contest. I mean, if Magic Johnson could do it, we knew Magic Johnson was creative. With the dunk, but just imagine if he was in the dunk contest, what that would do for him. If we can get LeBron James in the dunk contest one more year, you could bring back Zach Levine. I would de- I would love to see him back. Yep. Out of all the, most hey, of man, the Aaron, guys, Gordon. Aaron Gordon, you know what I'd love to see back in the dunk contest? He looked like he's creative. Larry Ness Jr., which I thought he got robbed last year from Donovan Mitchell. I thought Larry Ness Jr. definitely was the winner of the dunk contest. I would like to see him back in the dunk contest. And Another sleeper that people don't really talk about is Terrence Ferguson of the OKC Thunder. 
he gets up there too as well. I think he I might be he was a little bit in it. I thought, what happened? I thought he was in it. And so then I, I checked the uh, roster and he wasn't. He's creative. He's he's definitely creative. You know, Dwight Howard gave some of the centers hope. He's the one who opened the doors for John Collins to come to a dunk contest. Uh, DeAndre George and those guys. I would love to see, like I said, Terrence Ferguson, LeBron James, Donovan Spotted Mitchell. Some of these guys are very creative. Can we can we get more of that? Because some of these guys are high flyers. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I think they discussed it on a broadcast, but like they should bring back what they used to do. Like if you won last year, you should be in it. Like no there's matter no what, reason. you got you can't sit down. You had to defend that title. Right. There's no reason Spider Mitchell should be broadcasting the dunk dunk contest, and he won it the year before, and he ain't hurt. Ain't nothing wrong with. Him. Right. So, like, so, why wasn't he out there? So, that's what I'm saying. Next year, the All-Star game will be in Chicago for the 69th All-Star game. Uh, I think they should bring back the last two dunk champions from each All-Star dunk, dunk contest, and you fill that void with two with two more players from next season, and you bring back the two runner-ups. So, that gives you your fill to six right there if you want to add two more dunkers. You just... I just think the, the dunk contest is too short. Uh, three point, the three-point uh, competition is still one of, the, one of the big ones I like to see. And that skills challenge every year to me is growing more and more on me. So I'm definitely digging that because that's giving other guys who can't play in that Sunday game to at least get some of that exposure to some of that Saturday, that, that Saturday night life of the NBA All-Star game. Yeah, for sure. I think the uh... – I actually would like to see the three point contest extended. It seemed it seemed short conduct to me too. Even but they had more people. They got ten people, so right. it's like, you know, it's like it's only so many rounds you can do. But I think maybe they should keep it at ten, like how they had this year. But then do three right. rounds. You know, do a round of like first round of ten, then knock it down to four. So get have a round of six, you know, and then one round of just two, just two head to head. Right, because it be going by so quick, and he be like, "Man," because like that one round, I felt like uh, Devin Booker. Like I would have liked to see him shoot some more, you know. Like mm-hmm. he he barely missed the cut, but you know I would like to see him in another, you know, at least one more round of him. Right, the way they uh, do it, I always thought they should. Was it the top four in? Correct, the top four in or the top five to go into the competition. Yeah, I think it's a top. Uh, yeah, I think it's either four or five. I think they split, knock it down to half. Right. So and then they choose a winner from from them five. Like they don't knock it down no more after that. Now, if you were the commissioner, would you add something else to the All Star game, like like for that weekend? So you know you got to. I think they should go back to the old format. Rookie sophomore game. Uh, I'm cool with the new format they got how they do the East and West, how they split teams. I'm definitely cool with that because the West would be so lopsided, the East probably would never get a win. Um, if if you had to add another competition, what would you bring to the table? I would do... Uh, Where would you do like a horse? A, I would do like a, a cutthroat, a Chicago, or, uh-huh. uh, or like a two-on-two game. Like take the like you know have like a cutthroat game, uh you know or you know whatever you call it wherever you're from they call it different things. In Chicago right. where you spell out Chicago and you have some people like you know James Harden, 
Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. you know, you know, some of the best one-on-one players, and right. then see who win that. Right. I think that'll be entertaining. So I was thinking of something more, uh, like how the big three is. You saw Ice Cube got the big three. They did they something like that too. Uh, a competition game I would love to see, me personally, would be more like they taking shots from half court. And on that Friday night, I mean, that you could say, well, that Friday night, that Friday night, you get all the all star reserves, the, all the bench players, the starting have to play in this, all the reserves, a knockout game. One player make it, they want your next round. You just keep going to somebody you missed. Then once it's said and done, you take home a trophy from that, from, from the elimination of knockout. It's the same thing as like Chicago, but you think that'd be too long? You just do something like that from half court. Uh, half court knockout. Uh, you said all the reserves, like from the All Star game. Mm-hmm. And that should be too long. I mean, maybe the big man a, a struggle, but it shouldn't be that long. So, because somebody gonna hit. You know, like I, they were showing LeBron and Damian Lillard. You know, like shooting them like jumpers. So, right. I don't see it being that long. That that'd be cool to watch too, though. Here you got another one too. If they want to add that, what about this? This is this is if they steal this, I'm coming for the NBA, because I I had this wrote down, Marcus. I kid you not, I had this wrote down for the last five years, right? So in the All Star game, you take the three point shootout champion from the WNBA, you team you put him you put her up against the winner of the NBA three point shootout champion, and then they duke it out for an even bigger trophy. It's bragging rights for the for their, their respective conferences, for the NBA, for their association, and the WNBA association. So if you can beat one of the women, you got bragging rights. If the women beat the guys, just imagine the women beating the guys three straight years in a three-point shootout competition. You talk about bragging rights, that would be definitely cool to see because that will grow more viewers for the WNBA girls and women on that on that plateau. So yeah, that uh, so the three point idea, I, I think is a good idea. I think it's similar to what they do in the McDonald's All American contest now. You know mm-hmm. where they uh, they had a boys do they shoot out, and then the winner of the boys play the winner of the girls team, and then they both shoot at the same time on opposite ends of the court. You know, right. you can see the winner like at this real time. You know, you're not waiting. You know, mm-hmm. go to the commercial and they come back like they shoot at the same time and. Uh, the last few times I watched it, the girls won. I ain't watched it this past year, but the girls been winning that three point shootout contest. Right, and and, and and they trying to figure out how can they make the WNBA great. Whatever they do in the men's league, they should be able to do in the women's league. They should be able to have a skills competition league too as well, because you want to they they want to draw fans in. They don't give the women that same that same plateau like they give the guys. You got to treat them both equally. We know some of the women can dunk in the WNBA, but they won't be freestyle dunkers. But I just feel like they should at least have a three-point competition and a skills challenge because that will open the door up for more young women, young ladies who are pursuing and aspiring to be WNBA athletes. I just feel like they should get more opportunity as well to expand the playing field. Now, like I said, if you bring – the WNBA women into the men's league as a three-point shootout competition. Oh man, you talking about bragging rights? Man, 
you are you won your trophy. Let's play this one for the big trophy. Now that's that's huge bragging rights. Just imagine, like I said, the WNBA player winning that trophy three or four years in a row. How would the uh, NBA player feel? Yeah, that'd be Saudi. They'd be sorry. The steps of the world, you know, the clays of the world, they'd be sorry if they get beat up by uh, by a WNBA player every year. And the WNBA, you know, that's one thing, you know, you can't say that men have an advantage of because everybody got to learn how to shoot the same way. Right. And, uh, you know, women normally have the fundamentals of shooting way better than men. Exactly. So that'll be interesting and- to watch. And, and the crazy thing is, I don't hear nothing about, hey, the girls shoot with the ball. They're playing with their respective ball, and the guys shooting with their respective ball. So all bets is off, and let them go at it. Then that, now, you talk about a Saturday night to watch, man. Oh, I'm definitely loving that right there. I would definitely – talk. I will tune into that to watch that because I feel like the women don't get the same, the same respect as the guys do, me personally, watching the sport. Their viewers not that high. I think it's only like 16 teams. They play of uh, a playoff format. They play the best of five, and that's it. I think the WNBA should add at least they got they should add at least four more teams to even the thing out to 20. Then you start growing from there because the talent is there. I mean, I think they play like 30. What they play 30 games. Yeah, they play a they real should, low schedule. They should play about 50 games. Add add more games onto that. Because the whole thing is you want them to keep going. And I figure out, even though they, 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 they don't get paid, it's the same. So I feel like the NBA make enough money where they can give out a contract to a WNBA player where she can make a north of a $10 million salary. Because the highest paid player right now in the WNBA is Candace Parker. She's only worth $3 million. That's crazy. She worth more than that. Her skill, like her just her basketball skill. Alone. And they go and they go and they go overseas and play basketball, so they can make more money because they're not making. A WNBA player don't even make what a player would make on a ten. You got players that play on ten day contracts or sign a lucrative ten day contract like two times, three times in a row, and still make more than a WNBA player would make. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. No ten day contract players should ever be close in salary to a Candace Parker or a Diana Taurasi. Or, uh, you know, you know, Brianna Stewart, like, no 10-day contract player in the NBA should even be close to their salary. Right. And you, and you, I think the 10-day contract in the NBA is a joke. I mean, I don't, we don't play professional basketball. But what's the point of having a G League team if you're going to try to get a guy to a 10-day contract? That's the purpose of the G League. I'm going to bring you up because you are being paid by the organization. That's why you have players on your team that's on a two-way contract because they can play tonight, they can go back down to the G League and play tomorrow night. So that's the whole purpose of, to me, is having a G League team. Why are you signing guys on the street to ten-day contract? You got your, you got a G League team in your backyard. Like you know, they paying the G League. The G League players are getting paid. You know, I think they were getting the six figures this year. So right. it's like. What's the point of a 10-day if you just send a guy to a G League? I mean, unless you're struggling like the Cavs, you know, you're deep in Tankville, then you right. just got a, a carousel of players. You just <laughs> try and players on and see who fit. Right. And we, it was, since we talk about the tanking situation, you know the NBA started back up Thursday night. The race to Zion is real. Out the gate, the Cavaliers won 12 games. 
Phoenix Suns won 11. Those two teams will play Thursday night. What 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 would be one of with the win? What would be the disadvantage for these two respective ball clubs? Man, it's like a lose lose for each. <laughs> they win or lose. They win. They they win closer to being uh you know some spots out of uh or not spots but percentage points away from getting Zion. Right. Uh. You know, if they lose, you know that's another L, it's another embarrassment. Um, right. But both both teams, though, for real, they do got talent. You know, they got Devin Booker, Andre Ayton. You know, you got you know the one Seti Osman, uh, uh-huh. Colin Sexton. You know, and uh, my new favorite, Marquise Chris. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's you know, yeah, They got guys who who can be developed, you know, and turn into something. Um, right. So winning, you know, probably will boost morale. You know, keep. Keep their spirits high because you know losing and losing and losing just got to be depressing at some point. Right. Speaking of the Cleveland Cavaliers, when I watched the the, the Rising Star game, it was kind of weird not to see Colin Saxon out there. The reason I'm saying is he you know he is like he is the sad part about it. He's the third leading scorer out of all the rookies. So you got him the third leading scorer out of all the rookies. He's he's a, he's not in the game. You got Kevin Knox who's pretty much like. Third, I think he's like fourth in, in the rookie rebounding. Third in blocks. Doesn't doesn't get that invite either. There's other guys that should be in this game. Me personally, I thought Colin Saxman should have been in the rookie Rising Stars Challenge. I don't care what the record is, but DeAndre Ayton was in the rookie rookie Rising Star Challenge, and the Cavaliers win percentage. Is better than the Phoenix Suns. So I'm looking at that. That was a joke. That was definitely a joke. And somebody right with that situation. There's no way Colin Sexton wasn't in that game. I mean, he, uh, like you said, he's third in points per game. I think he's up there in um, assists. The only player he's behind, two players he's behind is um, uh, Luca and uh, Trey Young. Right. Right. So, like, he's, you know, top five in points, top five in assists. Like, why he ain't in the game? I mean, it wasn't nobody, it was no sure rookie on the team other than Luka Doncic and maybe Trey Young. Right. You say, gotta be on the team. Everybody else, like, it's, you know, hit or miss. Right. And, and, and they look, had a bunch of foreign guys who rarely get to play that was playing too. Yeah. I look at this where the whole sports world, the sports guy's not signing Deshaun back on Cleveland once again. Baker Mayfield get robbed for rookie of the year over for Saquon Barkley. I understand it's, it's you know give respect. Saquon Barkley did his thing from the line of scrimmage, but when you got a guy coming off the bench like in week six to come and win almost six or seven straight games to almost get your team into a playoff position. And he came off the bench and threw for almost what what forty five hundred yards, almost thirty touchdowns, and I thought that was like and he broke Peyton Manning's record, all time rookie record with touchdowns passing. I thought that was for sure a key in a lock in because I look at it where the team, the Cleveland Browns, went from zero and sixteen to winning what seven games. They went seven, eight, and one. So. I looked at that, and I look at where the New York Giants finished their season with the same identical record. 
<laughs> how you get rookie of the year? How how did your team get better? No, y'all just y'all canceled the same record out. Y'all basically had no improvement. The Browns went from five and eleven, three and three and what? Three and what? What? Thirteen. Right. One and one and fifteen to go into seven, eight and one. And you tell me that Baker Mayfield didn't win a rookie of the year. I know the sad part about it is Saquon Barkley played in the big major sports media city. Cleveland is not that big city. It's a small market city. We play with the grit, grind, and hustle type players. And I didn't feel like that was fair. I thought they got it wrong. And me personally, I feel like, hey, Baker, when he said, I'm not here for individual awards. I'm here to win the big prize possession. That means when you say the big prize possession, that guy's thinking Super Bowl. I never heard anyone in Cleveland talk about the Browns going to the Super Bowl. Have you? Not until Baker got here. I heard uh, people here talk about maybe winning a couple games. Right. And then when Baker came, then they started, they changed it to maybe we could make the playoffs. You know, now in the off season, you know, I'm hearing people around town thinking they could uh, not only make it to the playoffs, but possibly make it to the Super Bowl if we make the right signings over right. Uh, over the summer. So he made a major impact to the team. You know, the, the win percentage increased like seven times. <laughs> Seven from 0 and 16 to, to 7 and 8, 8 and 1. You know, that's seven times the winning percentage. And according to the football index, they said that the Browns are favorites to win a division. Now, you look at all what's going on in Pittsburgh. Le'Veon Bell, Big Ben calling players out. Now, Antonio Brown goes on his IG Live, and he's, I think he's on the elliptical or something like that, the vice of. Device, the device versa, and he says, "You want to win? Come get me. You want to be guaranteed? Come get me." And the whole reason, I say, I say, once the Browns get good, something major was going to happen. Either Pittsburgh was not going to be that team that they used to be. As they call them, the steel curtain. I will call them the, the dirty rod. Uh, you're looking at the Baltimore Ravens, who's actually <laughs> put all the effect. They put all their faith on Lamar Jackson. They think they got a, a new Michael Vick. And they try to compare him to Michael Vick. And the, the one thing I'm going to say about the Baltimore Ratbirds, that's what, they, that's what we call them in Cleveland, but be, <laughs> I'm going to be respectful. The Baltimore Ravens, which I, and when you look at Lamar Jackson, they say he's like a Michael Vick. I'm going to be honest with you. Michael Vick can throw. And he was acting, he can run. He could take and he was fast as shit. He was super fast. (laughs) So when you look at at Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson turns the ball over a lot. Michael Vick barely turns the ball over. Lamar Jackson, if you look at that last playoff game when he was in against the Chargers, getting beat up on, he had what? I think he had what? An interception and two two fumbles. He was getting clocked around. You stack the box and you make him throw the ball. Because his strongest attribute is his feet. You take his feet away, he can't. He's not an accurate quarterback. I mean, this this is not Louisville Cardinals 
when he was at playing <laughs> college football, running around the field like like a chick with right. his hair comes doing all this magic stuff. This is the NFL where that where that quarterback, when you back there running like a four four or four five, just believe that you got linebackers that run four four, you got some defensive ends, some defensive tackles that actually can run a four or five. They're gonna mow you down. So with Lamar Jackson, you need to get comfortable in the pocket and make some throws. If not, his career is not gonna be that long to be running the hymns at the quarterback situation for the Baltimore Ravens. Definitely not. I mean, uh, uh, the Browns, that last uh, regular season game, had pretty much figured him out. I mean, at the early uh, part of the game, you know, he he was getting away with running. You know, they, they had an all-running attack, and the Browns really wouldn't do it much to stop it. But in the second half, they had pretty much bottled him up, and they were on the verge of losing. I mean, two or three plays go differently. They're not even in the playoffs. Right. And the Browns was blitzing too much. They, I think they was, I think they was like number one in the league for blitz. So every time you blitz somebody, somebody's open. Somebody had to just sit back and, and contain the quarterback. You don't need to blitz them every time. Play your lane. Do your job. I know people try to hear and say, do your job. That's what Bill Belichick does. He adjusts. He, he watches film. He make players play. He, 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 he knows what it takes to, what it got his players. If if you beat if you beat Bill Belichick in the regular season, fact is that you're not going to beat him in the playoff game. That's that's point blank period. He's going to take away your strongest your strongest your player. He's going to take away some of the, some of the routes you like to do and stuff like that. And speaking of like I said, on the Pittsburgh Steelers, Antonio Brown asked for asked to get traded. He said he's parting ways. He met with the owner, the Rooney, today, and Art Rooney. He said it's over. Not, not, listen to this. Antonio Brown's been in Pittsburgh for nine years. He was uh, he played wide receiver at Western Carolina. I mean, not Western Carolina. Excuse me, folks. Western Michigan played college fo- football up there. Uh, they said I was looking at one of his articles reading that he, he's not fast. He got work on improvement. Hands got the, he got this. He said he's not fast. Got to work on his route running. And and learn how to separate from the defender. From when he got drafted, one of the best hands in the league. Check. Gets the right from separate. He separates. Definitely a check. And he's a great route runner. Check. And it's, now, all in the boxes. Right. And the sad part about it with Le'Veon Bell, we didn't see. I'm not a Steelers fan, but for a person who enjoys watching football, it's kind of weird not to see a a a, a three hit a monster not win a Super Bowl. When you go look at back, when you go look back at where you're looking at Troy Eggman, Emmitt Smith, and Michael Irvin, that's a trio. They won a Super Bowl. You look at John Elway, Terrell Davis. And, and and Robert uh, and a receiver uh, can't think of his name. They won a Super Bowl. You're looking at Dorsey Levis, and Robert Brooks, and and Brett Favre. They won a Super Bowl. So it's 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 weird that that those guys didn't get that accomplished. I think once the Steelers let Ty Haley go. The, the locker room shit that Ty Haley had those guys under control. And, you know, when he was there for nine years, Big Ben to Antonio Brown 
had 11,000 yards between the two, which is the most by any duel in present football right now. The Big Ben and Antonio Brown completions this year was at 61%. That is the worst since their 2011 campaign. Then this year, 30% of their passes completed from 15 yards down the field was was the best among what I mean was what it, this is forced well, 30% completion passes with 15 yards down the field or more is their fourth this is the fourth straight year that's declined this year I mean this past season Big Ben and Antonio Brown hooked up for 15 touchdowns with 10 interceptions that led all quarterback and wide receiver duels in the league so Big Ben would miss him but but Pittsburgh not worried about uh Antonio Brown going out the gate because now now you got Juju going to step down. Now Juju got some big shoes to fill. Yeah, him and uh, Connor, because I don't think Le'Veon Bell coming back either. So you're gonna have they're gonna put the uh, transition tag on him, basically dare him to go out and get an offer. Mm-hmm. And then you know Antonio Brown, you know asking for a trade. You know they they backups. You know Connor already stepped up and proved he can, you know he can fill in. You know he's more than serviceable at the running back, but Juju Smith-Schuster. Most of his, you know, achievement on the field this year is because, like I said in the previous pot, they doubling Antonio Brown, and when he ain't there, he gonna be the number one option, you know, on a pretty good football team. I don't know if you know he gonna shine quite as he think he gonna do, or the Steelers will hope he would. Yeah, speaking of that, are you looking at where? If you had a chance, if you was the Browns, who would you give up to get either Odell Beckham on your team or Antonio Brown? Who would you give up? We know the Browns this year picked 17th this year in the draft, which is good because we always talk about what quarterback we going to take. We found right. our quarterback, and yeah, we got a running back. Brown. So at seventeen, do you trade? Do you do you give up your number one draft pick, which would be seventeen? Would you give up a number two for either a Odell Beckham Jr. or, not to mention, a thirty-two-year-old Antonio Brown? I mean, yeah, I would trade their seventeenth pick for Antonio Brown or Odell, and maybe one or two other guys. I mean. The Browns can't quite offer enough to to get either one of those guys if they want to remain somewhat decent too. Now keep in mind that the Cleveland Browns are eighty million dollars under the salary cap, which is the most money that can spend out there in free agency. You know, free agency began March first. Some players are already getting tagged already. Like some players are already getting tagged, the franchise tag, which I mean, your franchise tag could be more than the contract you get, you get it because that's automatic. A one-year guarantee, $25 million, could be $15 million, whatever that is. If I was the Browns, I'd probably, I'd probably, me personally, I would definitely pass on Antonio Brown because first and foremost, Pittsburgh would definitely not trade with his division. Uh, especially a, a high-caliber player. They'd probably trade like, like how the Browns got rid of Joe Hayden, but Joe Hayden left became a free agent. And you know they they got a couple of guys from like a Justin Gilbert, you traded him away for like a 
like a like a sixth round or fifth round draft pick, and he's nowhere to be found. I think Justin Gilbert is not to be honest with you, he's not in the league no more. So if I was the Browns, I'll probably give a number one to get Odell Beckham and probably two new two number twos for this year draft and next year's draft because Odell Beckham Jr. is not a locker room breaker. He's more of a guy. I'm tired of people saying this on TV about Odell Beckham Jr. He's not a team player. Uh, he's not an intro. He's a me guy. It's the same thing when Tom Brady gets mad on the sideline, calls people out. When the first thing they're going to say about Tom Brady is he's passionate about his sport. He's passionate about his team. But when they call them the divas, the wide receivers, or Antonio Brown, or Odell Beckham Jr., they're they not the first guys to do this. Let's go back to people like uh, Randy Moss, uh, uh, Michael Irvin. These guys, Terrell Owens, guys not a nuisance to the team. These guys understood the game, how to make their teams better. I would love to have an Odell Beckham Jr. on the Cleveland Browns to go along with Baker Mayfield. Like I said, you could put Odell back on the outside, you could put Jarvis Landry back in that slot. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're talking like, about ready for prime. It's like LSU. That's LSU all over again. All over again. All over again. But I see the Browns probably going more. Probably get another defensive, but they probably go more. I say the Browns probably go more defensive line. Probably get a big defensive tackle or something like that. But I do like that corner. They have an LSU greedy, greedy. I think his name is Greedy Williams. Yeah. Need another corner to go along with Denzel Ward. I feel like they found him a little corner piece with that. The whole knock on Denzel Ward is can he stay healthy? He's a little bit undersized at that corner position to be giving out knockout blows. And where we're three teams right now, you would think Antonio Brown would be at by March 5th or the 6th. Three, three teams. All right, so changing up from last week, I think. I think it's either the Niners, um, maybe the Patriots, ooh, ooh. or uh, man, who's the third team? I don't think they're gonna trade him in the division. Hey, if you get him, if you if he goes to the Patriots, him or Odell Beckham Jr. Man, that's why. That's really yeah. Realize the last time. Tom Brady had a deep ball threat was Randy Moss. And they, and they, and had, a, they had a perfect season. And they, and they lost the Super Bowl. If you look at that, my three teams, I would see Antonio Brown at. I'm, I'm going to say Packers again because the Packers have to trade assets, even though they do have Devontae Adams at number one. But to give Aaron Rodgers at number two, and the reason I'm saying that because Antonio Brown played in he played in the cold in Pittsburgh. He played in the cold at Western Michigan. So it's not like he's not used to the cold climate. Uh, right. My second, my second, my second pick probably be San Francisco 49ers because you get Jimmy Garoppolo, a veteran tool, a young, a veteran player like Antonio Brown who knows how to get open to go along with that young tight end they got with Greg Kettle. So that would be a plus. Uh, my third team, I'm going to say the Carolina Panthers. The reason I'm going to say oh, the Carolina Panthers. That's a, that's a sneaker. The reason I'm going to say the Carolina Panthers, 
the the Panthers' new owner, James Tepper, was part of that Pittsburgh Steelers organization. And that's the reason I see that. Because I can see him trading Antonio Brown out of the whole AFC, period, and go to the Panthers. If you get him to go to the Panthers for Cam Newton, oh, Cam Newton have an easy night. It made Cam Newton look that much better because why not? Cam Newton got that sauce. And guess what you bring it? Antonio Brown bringing more sauce. Now, it lines everything up to go along with that, with that running back in the backfield with a Christian McCaffrey. I can see that happening. That'll be a nice look for Cam. He'll finally have a a, a real a receiver. receiver, yeah, because you know he had you know some some guys in the past that I think were more like you know second option receivers, but this is a real number right. one he'll get with Antonio Brown. And I think it'll stop him from getting hurt as much. Exactly. Your best receiver is your tight end, Greg Olson. And Greg Olson been been used so much, he's becoming hurt because the re- the receiver, Devin Funches, drop a lot of passes, but also missing guys for you. No point intended. You know, OH. Fuck out of here. So I'm looking at that where it is. Get, get him another, another, another tool to play with. Um, that's what I'm going with. I'm looking. Antonio Brown will land somewhere, but for, what's the price? But he already said, if you trade him, he's looking to sign another contract for more money for guarantee. Is the team going? Is the team really going to give a 32 year old wide receiver that much money? Because he has been on the down, on the down side. He has been declining. Yeah, that's too big of a risk. I mean, he's been declining, but in a weird way, he also has been like. Ascending as the number one receiver, like the best receiver in the game, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing about wide receivers. He's he, he been the older, best receiver in the game for what? The last six seasons, he had what six straight seasons with 100 receptions. That's the that's that's the most in NFL history. Right, now that's crazy to think that now all that's gonna go to another team and possibly a contending team. Right. But like you saying, are they going to get that version of him or is it going to be like on the other side of his career? Like, you know, the downside, you know, isn't towards retirement. Right. Speaking of contracts, Manny Machado, 26 years old, people. Listen, Manny Machado is 26 years old to play multiple positions. He signed one of the biggest baseball contracts or I'm going to say Free agency contracts, rather, in, in North American sports history. Ten-year deal, $300 million. We thought the NBA players was raking in the dough for seven years, 282. Manny Machado got a ten-year deal for $300 million with the San Diego Padres. Remember last week, Marcus, that's we were talking about... truck for real. <laughs> Brinks truck, Grata, all that. Remember last week, I can't tell now, Bryce Harper might go play for the Padres for the right price. Maybe he get that three hundred million dollar contract, but I didn't see this coming. Manny Machado, Manny Machado to me looked more like he played for a team like the St. Louis Cardinals type guy, or the Chicago Cubs or the Yankees. You know, Yankees like giving out those type of contracts. Ten year, this was the ten year, the ten year contract to get three hundred million dollars with the Padres. This was the, it includes. Uh, clock, uh, it, it, it includes an uh, opt-out clause after five years, so he can opt out in his fifth year. 
The last time the Padres had an all-star was Tony Gwynn, rest in peace, 1998. Manny Machado hit 37 home runs, which tied his career best. The last person to do that for the Padres, Adrian Gonzalez, Gonzo, he hit 40 home runs in 2009. Manny Machado only been in the league for seven seasons. He had 175 career home runs. That is more than the San Diego Padres' all-time home run hitter, Nate Colbert, 163 home runs. And the Padres' record last year was 66-96. He had the, the fourth worst record in baseball. So this, this, this is a good look for San Diego. Now, the whole thing for San Diego, can they get some other pieces around him to make them a playoff contender team? I mean, if they're paying him that much money, I mean, they, they certainly couldn't ain't a shy about you know spending the bag. So they they can definitely intrigue some other players to to come play because you know they know they're gonna get paid. They know they're gonna be playing with Manny, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think they can build a a series contending team. They just they're gonna have to go out to recruit. They're gonna have to get Manny to recruit, and they're gonna have to spend a lot more money. <laughs> Do I take away from this? Do I think San Diego gave him this contract because the San Diego Chargers not there no more? They looking for that that new splash guy to come to the city to take to take him by storm since Philip Rivers is gone. That could be a reason. I mean, that's not a bad reason. That's a pretty good reason. I mean, and it'll be that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're the only major uh, sports team in town. So, right, they got to do something to make sure that. Uh, San Diego doesn't leave, you know, and by signing Manny, you know, right. they kind of give them, you know, a little, little wiggle room to keep keep their franchise. If you got a contract yourself, if they come up to you, hey, Marcus, I want you to sign this contract. You get, you get a TV contract. They're going to give you a contract of five years, $100 million. No, what? I'm going to go use my name title contract. Hey, Marcus, we want to sign you to a, a TV contract. You get 10 years, $300 million. What would be the first thing you would buy? <laughs> what? I don't know. Hell of stuff. <laughs> the one thing, uh, a house, maybe. Right. The one thing I would not buy, I would not be like MC Hammer buying a house and have it built the same way as the house is to my, in, in the same side. He had two houses. He had two everything in the same house. I would not be doing that, Rob. I'm not blowing three hundred million dollars. Uh, I think the I think the first thing for myself what I would buy. My mom. Think about my mom's brand new house. She wouldn't right. know about it. Buy her a brand new house, new car, check it out. And just for that, if my dad was here, he'd be proud of me because he'd be in the same situation too as well. But my mom worked hard, raised four boys. My mom and dad raised four boys. You know, it's tough to raise four boys. But to give my mom that type of situation to be in, She's been working hard all her life, so why not treat your parents to something nice? That's the way to do it. You always got to uh, look out for moms. Now, since Manny Machado signed that contract, they won 66 games last year. How many games would they win this year? I think you give them about, about a good 10 or 15 more games. So they still missed, so okay. 
I'm sure you get about ten more. If you win fifteen more games, I take him to what seventy? No, I take him to eighty. I believe if my math is right, take him about to eighty games. So they go to eighty games. They still don't need to sniff a wild card game. No, like, they need one or two more pieces. They trying to yeah, get the playoffs. If they got, yeah, they gotta get some pieces. If they, if he can make a difference like that, and Manny Machado, he's that guy. He can bring that edge to him. Because a team like the San Diego Padres haven't had a superstar in a long time. So I'm looking for that right there. I wish that was going to play out. The whole thing is, my thing is, where and when will Bryce Harper land? This whole free agency tobacco with their new commissioner, Fred, Fred Manfred, where will he go and how is it that the baseball players is really not getting the money that they really want at the young age? Most of the baseball players who get contracts like this, they get these contracts when they turn 30. Is this something we see a new that's going on, happening around the sports league, now with the NBA players dictating where they want to go? Now you got Antonio Brown doing the same thing low-key on that type of situation. Right, where he's asking, yeah, that is like an NBA move, he's asking for a trade. Baseball players right. simply don't do that. They just wait till they Today, free agency. Right. The, what else I'm going to say about this? Kelly Kaepernick. Old Cap. So, it's a story out in Denver. Man, the owner of a sports store in Denver, he said, you know, I don't want to sell Nike paraphernalia because Kaepernick is taking a knee on the flag. And, you know, that... and. He said he told Nike he don't want none of their merchandise in this store. So a couple days ago, this same guy who took all the Nike stuff out of the store last year, his store had to close. His store went to had to close because he wasn't making enough money to stay open just because he took out Nike product from his store. I don't fault the man for believing what he believed in. Everybody got their own beliefs and what they want to do. That's his store. But you took your best seller out the store that makes a, a makes up a nice piece of ch- change for your establishment. For you say you got some little more Nike products, Nike, okay, we need to pull it out. So you do. You have to close. How do you feel about that? You said he said Nike out the store? He said a store owner, a businessman, said he don't want to sell no more Nike because Kaepernick to him was disrespecting the flag. He, so Nike took all their stuff from his store and told him, good luck. <laughs> so a year later, the guy had a liquidation sign, go out of the business sign out of his store, in front of his store. I mean, that has had to be one of the dumbest decisions. <laughs> I mean, especially selling sports, you know, sports, goods, you know, uh, gear. And you're not going to have Nike? Right. Because Kyle Kaepernick disrespecting the flag? Now, this is this. He need to be for, tested for drugs. Right. This is this. I work for a sports store. No names, please. Uh, if I say my store take out all their Nike. If, 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 if that owner in the store came and said, you know what? I don't want to sell Nike. Kaepernick taking a stand on the flag. So imagine if my store owner, the CEO coming to the location saying, we get rid of all Nike. Do you know if we get rid of all of our Nike? Let me tell you what the store will look like. One pad of, of Adidas, one pad of Reebok, 
one pair of Kalia, which is Carrie Underwood, and the wall will look like a bunch of field and stream boots and four Adidas cleats, 20 pairs of Brooks shoes. That would be in the store. Y'all ain't selling nothing. <laughs> We're not selling Nathan. Unless y'all got a bunch of easy wear in there. We sell a easy bunch wear of and easy right. boots. And, you know, I get on a customer tell me, about, hey, I got this shoe. Oh, we not doing Nike, uh, uh, just because of what Kaepernick do. How do you feel about it? I always tell customers, I said, look, as a conversation for a different day, but I can just, I can show you what you what you like, what you're looking for. Oh, we can go Under Armour. Oh, we can go this. More people talk about Under Armour because Under Armour it shows patriotism towards the flag. That's their motto, all that stuff. But a lot of customers come to the store telling me what they not buying. I don't want to buy Nike. You don't have to tell me that. That's your preference. They ask me, do you still wear Nike? Head to toe, baby. Shoes, socks. If they hey. made t-shirts, I'd be in it. That's just me. And it's like that guy made a that's a bold that was a bold situation he did. And he had to cash in early to retirement. Good luck to him. Hopefully he can retire. <laughs> right. So but we bounced back and forth between the, the NBA now. NBA going to the second season. Which team will come will make a, a run? Which team will fall out the playoff race? And which team will make it into a playoff situation? East and West. So on the East, I think uh, I think Philly about to make the run. I think they eventually I don't know if they're gonna beat out Milwaukee for the number one spot, but I think they're gonna uh, solidify the number two seed. Okay, and, and I think um, the Brooklyn, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. I think they're already in the playoffs. Right? Yeah, they're sixteen. A surprising team right there, man. Like coach of the year award. It's like wow. Dang, that was my pick. I, I know they already in the playoffs. I can't think. I don't think there's anybody on the East that's gonna make a run to to beat out. I think it's pretty much set how it is. I think no. those teams may change. You know, one through eight. But I think those are the eight teams. Isn't it like, a, you know, it's Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Philly, uh, the Pacers? No, I, Pacers are actually in third place. Yes. Oh, they in third place still? They in third place with no VO. Wow. I hey, thought uh, Boston uh, uh, beat them out. I thought they uh, <laughs> took over. Hey, Victor Debo, if you're watching this, man, get to a speedy recovery. And you know, like you would say, baby, stay feathery. You know, and stay feathery. <laughs> stay feathery. And the funny thing about that, I'm looking at a team that make a run. But, hey, I'm gonna go West Coast as you did East Coast. I think the Golden State Warriors about to probably roll off about a 17 game winning streak. <laughs> I think it's coming. I thought they was gonna do it uh, before the All Star break. I thought they was gonna. I didn't think they were gonna. Who did they lose? They lost to somebody real unexpected. I can't remember, but they was on a streak. Then I didn't think they were gonna lose anymore for mm-hmm. at least another month. <laughs> no, it wasn't Denver. No, it wasn't Denver. It wasn't Denver. Matter they lost fact, to somebody. Yeah, I thought they was gonna beat. Matter of fact, I think it was. It was either Denver or Utah. It was unexpected. But um. I can see them ripping off something. Houston get back Clint Capella back. 
I think that James Harden is going to gas out. Trailblazers, that's, that's what they lost to. Yeah, Portland. The most da- the most dangerous team that the Mighty's really talking about in the West is probably can if they play their hands right. It's the OKC Thunder. The reason I'm saying the Thunder, listen to this. Paul George is playing right now, Marcus. I'm gonna have to give you this one. Sensational. That's what future was saying. Sensational. <laughs> MVP type level. And it's so I it's, it's crazy because People always say how Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook can coexist. Last time I checked, Kevin Durant won the MVP alongside Russell Westbrook. Right. I'm just saying. That's something they don't mention on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> right now, Russell Westbrook is deferring a lot to Paul George. He's still putting up a triple-double. And we talk right. about who can win. The third team, Le- triple double. Third team. They always talk about how LeBron James can win MVP. Russell Westbrook is doing this day in and day out. At the same speed. His style of play probably won't win a championship because it, a high-scoring guard never won an NBA championship. Point blank, period. Most people say Oscar Robinson. Oscar Robinson ran the two guard, folks. The big mm-hmm. O ran up. He ran the two guard for those Milwaukee Bucks when he played with Kareem Abdul Jabbar. And he played for those Cincinnati, those Cincinnati Royals, is known as now as the Sacramento Kings. A little history fact right there, because I knew <laughs> this. But no scoring guard has, like I said, won the NBA championship. Look at Allen Iverson. Led the league one year in scoring. Never won. Is it so? Let's see, LeBron. You gotta go out to dinner with your team. Take him to a movie theater. Watch you gotta build that team chemistry back up so they can. So they can feed off of it. So you get this team to the playoffs. This is your time. Um, to me, I feel like he's. I'm a LeBron James fan. I feel like he's. I think he's slowing up a little bit. I think it's. I think that father time. That Dame Lillard caught. LeBron <laughs> James now it's ticking. It ain't Dame time. It's telling you LeBron. It's father time. I think it's, it's catching up with him slowly but quickly, and that. And, but not in that way. Have we seen it creep on a lot of players like a Kobe Bryant or a Tim Duncan? But it's coming to it's coming that way. A 34-year-old guy can't go the same as he was was at 24 and 26. So I think the Lakers got the Lakers have been the playoffs with 25 games, like I said. Lakers had to win 20 out of 25, which is very tough to do. And they have a tough schedule coming down the stretch. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen, unfortunately, LeBron. Finals and playoff streak is coming to an end. This year. I mean to an end. It's been a good I mean, eight years, Brennan. Hey, it had to be him. Right. Speaking of this, before we go, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. on ESPN, we got the number eight North Carolina Tar Heels going against the number one team in the country, the Duke Blue Devils. Zion Williams and this year, you know, the sweet, reason we mentioned Zion, the sweet stakes is him. 
three teams we know are going to leak at the worst record. The Knicks, 11 games. Phoenix Suns, 11 games. Cavaliers, 12 games. We got to leave it to a lot of lottery balls. Zion is coming in averaging 22.4 points per game, 9.2 rebounds per game, and 2.3 steals a game. You know, it, it came off a fantastic win a couple of days ago against Louisville. They were down by 23. Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson, people, put the team on his back. He did. Yeah, I got to give it to him. That dude had three blocks. And that within that half, three blocks, three steals. I think he ripped off like 18 or 20-some straight points. He put the team on his back. Just imagine. If that LeBron would have went to college for one year and got that same type of exposure. That's a Zion Williams is what you see in LeBron James 2.0, a hell of a beast. But you gotta get the accolades first. This was this this was like a reincarnation of a LeBron James. And the matchup. Everybody saying, oh, Duke is better. I'm a Tar Heel fan. When it comes to this basketball, UNC, six national titles. Duke, you have five national titles. So Tar Heels been to four. In the final four appearances, they've been to 20 of them. Duke, you've been in 16. ACC champions, Duke 39. The Tar Heels, 49. The USC Tar Heels has the all-time leading record, Marcus. 137 wins to 111. That That mean Big Blue was a Blue Hill, was it Blue Devils? Get your wins up. The longest winning streak between these two, I, I want to say, uh, the longest winning streak belongs to the Tar Heels at 16. From 1921 through 1928. Their first meeting, they already talk about. January 24th, 1920, final score was UNC, Tar Heels 38, Duke 25. So, where were, where would you be watching this game? What do you think the odds of Zion Williamson going number one, Marcus? That is the whole key point right there. Zion Williams going number one. Hundred percent chance going number one. I thought it was. R.J. Barry, his teammate, man, had like a two percent chance. I thought it was it may have been growing, but after that performance, Zion number one, and then everybody else was two, three, four, five, etc. And um, he gonna put on himself for this rivalry game. I know the Tar Heels your team, but I, I don't think Zion gonna let it, gonna let it ride. I think he gonna rise to the occasion. It's a big rivalry game. And he gonna show out. Ooh. How many points you think Zion gonna score? What's the plus or minus on that? Come up. I actually yeah. don't think he's gonna score. Uh-huh. I think he's gonna have a like an all around good game with a, a lot of highlights, maybe 15, 20. I'm gonna say this. I'm a Tar Heel fan, but there ain't no way I'm gonna sit here and gonna pick Duke to win that game. I'm not about to have Tar Heel Nation mad at me on Twitter. They know we ride. This is Hill Nation. We do this to the fullest. I'm taking I'm taking my Tar Heels to win this game by four points. 
Do you know in this series matchup, these teams have scored the, the same identical points? The same identical points? I think only one point separates them as points scored in this in this in this rivalry. And I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Charles to win this because lately my guy Kobe White been coming through. That's the point guard for the Tar Heels. Been coming through. He's from the Tar Heel He's from the Tar Heel State. He has been coming through, and I think we got some we got some key players on our team that can hang in there. But the whole thing is, can you stop that guy, Zion Williamson? That's the key. Exactly. Keep him, keep him contained. But nor, the Duke Duke Blubbers, to me, the Duke Blue Devils have a, a sleeping giant on team. Carol Reddish really never really got off this season. If they win, I guarantee you this. If the if the Duke win this, I guarantee you, Karen Reddish had 20 points. Right. And that's Cam a bold Reddish. statement. Cam Reddish or uh Who's the other guy? I don't think he is sophomore. That the shooter on that team. Either Cam or him gonna go off if they uh if they comfortably win. I think it's gonna be a nail biter if everybody played, you know, you know, played a part. Even with Zion, you know, like I said, having a good game, I think it's still gonna come down to the end, to the last, you know, thirty seconds, forty five seconds, final possession. All right. The game go back and forth, it's gonna teeter totter back and forth. Now we know we're gonna be getting underway for this March Madness before we leave. We're gonna if you had to pick your four number one seeds to start the NCAA tournament, who would your four teams be right now? My uh my team would be uh hmm my, my number one overall would be Duke in that bracket for number one seed. Number two would be Tennessee Volunteers. They for real, folks. Other number, my other number one seed would probably be Virginia Cavaliers. That'd be two teams of the ACC representing the number one seed bracket. The number other number one seed team would be more like I would say Gonzaga. Gonzaga would be a, a strong possible. Number two would be. My number two seed, your number two seed is pretty much like your number one. Number two would be UNC, Michigan State, uh, Kentucky. Houston? You want to put Houston in there? And Houston. Oh, Houston. I forgot about Houston doing some damage too. No, Houston. Houston would be considered a number one, but can it, the whole thing about Houston, can they win out their conference and stay in that number one seed? So that's why I put Houston as a number two, number two seed in the bracket. That's how I might as well figure out. Yeah, I agree with that. Pretty much that. Heading on. Uh, yeah, I think I would give Kentucky a, a slight edge. I mean, I, I like Tennessee, but I think I give Kentucky a slight edge over Tennessee. Okay. Okay. Especially if they win uh, rivalry week. If, you know, if Kentucky beat uh, um, the rival, uh, the A&M, they play a and next week. Mm-hmm. I, I get them or not. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good. That's that's good right there. I cannot. I can't disagree with that. That's definitely key. 
And, you know, the team like Tennessee, because they came out of nowhere, and they, you know, they took that brutal – we're hurting they took that loss to Kentucky. You know, Kentucky around this time always, turn it, always turns it up. But if they can stay – if they can win the conference, it's going to be kind of tough for Tennessee because Calipari going to have his guys ready. He's going to show them old film. This is what the team did with them. We do this. We breed guys here. So I'm looking at that. Though. Like I said, that's the whole thing about Tennessee. Can they, can they win a conference just like uh, Houston? Can they win a conference to sustain a number one, number two seed? So we're going to wrap it up, folks. I'm Tay Wiggs. This is Mark Senior. We are live from the Man K After Hours. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the After Hours Live from Man Cave Podcast. Please subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. Peace.